Next on BYU Sports Nation, we're handing out mid-season grades for BYU football. How do you rate the Cougars' gridiron effort after six games? BYU TV football analyst and former Cougar quarterback Blaine Fowler on why he's labeled Saturday's matchup in Houston a classic trap game. Plus, what are Kyle Van Noy, Cody Hoffman, and Taysom Hill thinking at midseason? Another role-play remix. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? It is Tuesday, October 15th. We are halfway through the football season. Boom shakalaka! Yeah, exactly. That's coming up Friday. We'll talk about that, the men's basketball event. BYU 4-2, and two, preparing for Houston this Saturday on ESPN News and BYU Radio. Exciting stuff, Houston, an undefeated team. We'll break that down uh, a little bit. 5-0, and oh, one of 14 undefeated teams. But today we focus on mid-season grades for BYU halfway through the season already. I'm hoping we disagree on some of these because that just makes it more fun. It's kind of hard for you and I to disagree sometimes. Let's be honest. We're sort of the same person. <laughs> there's, two, there's two of kind of the same guy. That's true. Except uh, you're, you're a stat junkie. Yeah. And you're better looking. Oh, well. A friendly reminder. <laughs> you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYUradio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM, Channel 143, and Dish Network. The show is also on demand every afternoon on YouTube.com slash BYU Radio. Do you really, you really feel like I'm better looking I than you? I honestly do. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Seriously. A rising shout to all our listeners. By the way. We appreciate you listening. This is week seven? Yeah. Week seven week of the show. Seven. We are, we are happy to be here to do this, and we appreciate those who have listened to the show, wearing on Twitter, speaking of, do that at BYU Sports Nation, and vote in our daily poll question on BYUTVSports.com. We have a, a juicy question for you today, and it's pretty straightforward. That being, what would you rate BYU football's overall performance thus far in the season? A grade. We want you to give them a grade. A, B, C, D, or F. I'm guessing that many of you probably won't go extreme, but if you do, please explain at Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Again, this is an overall grade poll considering BYU's body of work after six games. How do you rate them? Jeremy and I will discuss that in depth coming up, but we want to hear what BYU Sports Nation thinks right now. Vote in the poll question, BYUTVSports.com. We'll get to some of those results in just a few moments. Let's get to. Uh... Let's get to a tweet right now, at Laser Sheep. Big fan of the show. He tweets a lot. I would give them a B, up from a C- minus after the Utah ham. Offense shows promise. Defense is solid. That was in caps, of course. I think the defense has been solid. And I think that the defense, if anybody deserves a higher echelon grade, if any one aspect, it's probably going to be a defense. Everyone's saying no duh to that, but really. They've been so consistent. Derp. Yeah. Another one. At BYU Man Austin. I give them a C plus. They've been inconsistent in the losses they played terrible. C plus, really? They're four and two. They won four of the six games. You beat Texas, Utah State, Georgia Tech. C plus? Okay. I I feel differently. We'll break it down in a moment. We'll, but we're gonna break it down by offense, defense, special teams. All right. We're now I'm gonna give you a poll update as we speak right now. What would you give BYU football team as a midseason grade? Currently leading the way, B at seventy-one percent. So, and that includes B plus, B or B minus. You know, just the overall. Uh, not surprised to see that, and grateful to see that nobody has gone with D or F. There's also an E in there. What, what does E stand for? Wait, we put an E on there the poll question. There is an question? E on the poll question right now. <laughs> for most excellent. <laughs> what the heck? Oh, if anybody says E, then they're, you know, okay. No, so just exclude E. I'm hoping that stays at 0%. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure comes to mind when you say that, Jeremy. Right okay, uh, very quickly, Blaine Fowler today. He'll go inside the Houston-BYU matchup and, of course, the always entertaining role-play remix. Find out what Taysom Hill, Cody Hoffman, Tyler Hawes, and another, a number of uh, prominent people are thinking currently. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time to give our midseason grades in What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Offense. I I think we're making the very best out of the situation we have. Um, It looks like this will be the first time in six weeks 
seven weeks that we'll have the same five coming back with no injuries and no changes. So that'll be fun. It's actually the second time this season that BYU will return the same offensive line given a week-to-week basis. That said, for me, the offense has gotten better every week. That Virginia game is a head-scratcher. I mean, they were going at such a breakneck speed that I don't think they could find any sort of a rhythm, uh, the monsoon conditions and whatever. So I'm going to throw that. I'm going to just kind of throw that out and say that was weird. That was a weird performance. But it happened. It did happen. It does factor in, but I still give the offense a B minus overall. That's exactly what I gave them too. I disagree with you on the fact that BYU's gotten better from week to week. The Texas to Utah game was a step back a little bit. BYU didn't really turn it on until the very end of the game, and then it was too late, and they couldn't convert a score in the red zone. But other than that, I agree with you. From, With the exception of the Texas to Utah game, uh, BYU's offense has improved. And that first half against Georgia Tech was awesome. BYU couldn't maintain it in the second half and really struggled, but I really liked what I saw out of BYU in the first half. I think that's really exciting going forward. Even, even during the Utah game, I know they only scored 13 points, but I feel like they had a more spread-out offense. They, they used more than just Taysom Hill running. Like Against Texas, it was a running, rambling, crazy wreck. Uh, not, not to say that BYU was Georgia Tech. It wasn't Tech, a rambling wreck. But yeah. they ran wild against Texas. Didn't really throw the ball. I felt like Cody Hoppin got more involved against Utah. The yeah, passing game, it was more balanced. And so when I say that the offense has gotten better, I feel like the balance has gotten better from week to week. If you specify balance, yes. But they only scored 13 points. So to me, that's that was not a step forward. The blue zone was was really, really tough in the Utah game. They moved the ball effectively from 20 to 20. They just couldn't score. And then the Middle Tennessee game is a horrendous blue zone effort. But BYU comes back strong uh, and plays a really good First half against Georgia Tech, and that was enough to win. So an offense B-minus grade for me. I'm seeing some C-pluses, some Cs as well on Twitter right now. Uh, the Cougars at 4-2, and two, hard to give them a C-grade because that's above average, is it not? The win-loss category is what matters most. Right, and uh, I think given the fact that it's a new offense, essentially a new quarterback, and a uh, uh, renewed offensive coordinator, we knew it was going to take a couple games. You wanted to see it against Virginia. But it, it's just tough at the beginning of the year. And the openers, BYU's traditionally struggled, independent of who the quarterback is, whether it was John Beck or Max Hall or whoever. But to win four of the six games is the bottom line, and I think that's pretty good for BYU. You know those preseason tests, or those, uh, sorry, pre-tests that you would take as a student in, in class? Yeah. Where they'd want to gauge how much you learned and, and how good you got? I feel like BYU, if they took the pre-test against Virginia and then you see where they come now, they certainly ha- have improved a It'd ton. Be four and one. Yeah. Yeah. Topic two: defense. Here's Taysom Hill on the impact of when the defense scores. I think more than anything, it it uh, it's demoralizing to the other team. You know, anytime that that defense goes and scores, uh, it's hard to bounce back. What grade do you give the BYU defense uh, through the first six games? BYU's not allowed. More than, what, 21 points in a game thus far this year. 20, uh, so in order, 16, 21, 20, 10, 14, 20. I'm going with B+. Plus. I would say A-, minus if BYU had held Utah uh, to maybe fewer points, and that resulted in a win. At 4-2, and two, I'm not sure that I can give the defense an A- minus quite yet. But if they maintain what they're doing, which is what Taysom Hill just addressed, scoring. That that's honestly that's what uh, was missing when the offense was sort of fig- figuring it out the first three games. BYU goes one and two. If they had had a score or two in those games, BYU's maybe five and one, six and zero. Oh. That's a lot to ask of a defense. But the last three games, BYU's been tremendous defensively. How can you not give the defense an A minus? I mean, seriously, they have put their team in position to win every game. So they've done enough. They've done enough. They, to me, they have been superior uh, in that 90 percentile area, so they earn an A- minus for me because they have done enough. BYU loses to Virginia. Why? Not because an of the defense. An interception sets up the Cavaliers with great field position. But they let them get, a, get in position to kick a field goal that ends up being a three, the three-point difference. So they, they're really good. 
B plus is also good. B plus it's just is, not as good as A minus. B plus is good, but I think <laughs> that they are an A minus right now. The Utah game, yeah, they gave up a couple of big plays, but again, they did enough. They disrupted a Utah team that just beat Stanford, that is capable, that put up huge numbers against Oregon State, a team that almost beat UCLA. BYU held Utah to 20 points. Then you look at Utah State, first play of the game, Kyle Van Noy. Give me that! Pick six. Totally takes the breath out of the stadium up in Logan, Utah. And then Georgia Tech wreaking havoc on Vad Lee and that vaunted spread option attack. For me, BYU's defense, because they are accomplishing what Bronco Mendenhall has established as the criteria at holding a team under 24, they get an A-. minus. They've done their job so far this year. Then why not an A? Topic three. I sneaked that in before the third topic. I love it. Special teams. Here's Bronco Mendenhall on why the special teams have been, in a way, special. The emphasis has been on not being able to be a starter on offense or defense without starting on special team. And so we've held true to that. So we have better players participating and trying really hard. Um, and I think that alone, plus the emphasis the coaches are making, has helped. Special teams for me is is kind of been all over the place. Uh, Adam Hine has done a great job of... Second in the country. Second in the country in kickoff return yards. And the blocking in that should be noted. I mean, he has had huge lanes to run through. Yeah, he's dynamic, he's fast, and he gets uh, to the places that he needs to go. But the blocking on the kickoff returns has been exceptional. J.D. Falsov has had his moments. But then J.D. Falsov has the three-fumble effort against Middle Tennessee. He has a touchdown, but yeah, what sticks out more, a touchdown or three fumbles? Three fumbles. I love J.D. as a punt returner, though. I think that was an anomaly in a single game. Yeah, that was just random. And if you're gonna if you're gonna have three fumbles, Middle Tennessee is just fine. It's just fine. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. So I had to. I was thinking about each game, um, and I had to go through and, and grade the special teams on each individual game because I couldn't remember uh, specifically because it's been all over the place. When did the three fumbles happen? When did the touchdown happen? When did Adam Hine's kick return happen? And when were those flagged and brought back? Um, Each game almost has something memorable from special teams. There's been blocked punts. Scott, Virgi- Scott Arlano has had two. He's had punts two blocked. blocked. Yep, averaging forty-one point two. He's doing nine. Let's see, twelve inside. But twelve inside the, the 20. twenty. So I, I, I like. He's not going to be Riley Stevenson, who built up to that as a senior. But I like what Arlano's done as a punter. So for the special teams, I'm going to say C plus because it's. It, it's not been average. It's been a little bit better than average when you look at the overall, when you when you look at the body of work. Kirk Herbstreit on ESPN always uses that. Look at the body of work. Okay, well, the special team's body of work for me, C+. Great kick return game. Moments of brilliance in the punting game. Uh, field goals have been better. Justin Sorensen was 6-for-12 last year. Uh, he's been much better this season, much more consistent. 9-for-11 yeah. so far. 20-for-20 PATs. He just about made that 50-plus field goal. It just didn't, it didn't hook enough uh, to, to get <laughs> into Georgia golf Tech. Shot. But uh, he did have the distance on it, and he's, he, you can just see he's kicking with more confidence. So C-plus for me on special teams. I'll go B-minus because I've seen, uh, I've seen more explosion uh, out of the potential out of special teams. And I'm talking punt and kick return. So kick return, dynamic with Hina, as you mentioned. Falslev does have a touchdown. He's been pretty good. He had that great run back, was it 44 yards against Utah. Daniel Sorensen has been a first-team All-American special teamer. And we've noted that, a number of times. That guy is yeah. unbelievable. He's going he's gonna to be on an NFL team, and, and there are scouts that said, we'll, we'll draft him just for special teams. He's like Steve Tasker there of the go. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So I, because of that, I'm going to outweigh the positive more than I will the negative plays of the fumbles and a couple bad missed punts and blocked punts and some missed field goals. So I, I think special teams has been better this year for BYU because you're getting something out of it. It's another weapon to gain yards and or score. And that's been nice. BYU's had scores on a safety, on two pick sixes, on a punt, almost on a kick return. So that's nice. That's nice, especially when it takes a little bit for the offense to figure it out. And there's going to be... If BYU is going to beat Wisconsin, they're going to have to have a couple of these other kinds of things happen. A pick six or a fumble return or a, 
a kick, re- a big kick return for a touchdown or something, pin them back several times. BYU's going to have to have that to win at Wisconsin and maybe Notre Dame. The special. Te- what about all the flags on special teams? That's been annoying, especially if you're Adam Hine, because he's balling, and the other guys, there's a hold or something. Sometimes when it doesn't even matter. The Virginia game at the very end, BYU maybe goes down and ties it. There's a huge kickoff return, and there's a flag on Daniel Sorensen. Oh. Ah. I know. He, I just remember that it was Daniel Sorensen. He would lead the nation by a <laughs> mile. Yeah, it's thirty. The leader is thirty-seven yards per kick return, and Adam Hine is thirty-four point seven, I believe. You give him one more of those long returns, and he he leads the country. And who knows how? It, it, here's the thing with Adam Hine's kick returns: the BYU defense is so good, teams don't really score. He has, I think, eight or nine kick returns through six games, one and a half per game. The defense does not allow touchdowns very often or scores, so he's not getting a ton of kick returns. Okay, now overall team grade, given what we have just given. For me, I said offense, B-, minus, defense, A-, minus, special teams, C+. Plus. I'm going to say the overall grade for BYU football right now, B-. minus. For me, it's B, so I'm close uh, to what you think as well. For the bottom line, the biggest stat of them all, I love stats, BYU's won four of six games. To me, that was the lo- most likely win scenario if you, if you thought about how many games BYU would win before the season in the first half. And four is good. Five sh- should have been five. Should have been five and could have been six. But it's four. And I think that's good. I think that BYU is a much better team than they were on August 31st against Virginia. And, and that's important. An intriguing discussion when you talk about hypotheticals and, and what-ifs. We're not going to delve into the past because what's happened has happened. There's no sense in being like, well, what if BYU won that game against Virginia? What if BYU Then they would have won. That's what Exactly. What <laughs> How do they finish from here? Yeah. What do they do in their final six games? That's going to be Which is really tougher than the front six. Yes. The back six unquestionably gets more difficult when you look at Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Houston, and Boise State. And you throw in, yeah, you, you throw in uh, Nevada, who's tricky who's game. Sneaky. Tricky game. At Idaho the end State's going to be cr- uh, crushing a, a stat <laughs> filler, as Brian Logan once said. So it's going to be a fu- it's going to be fun. And four of the last six on the road. That's the difference between the first. First six, you had four at home. Last six, you have four on the road. Starting with this Saturday at Houston Reliance Stadium where the Houston Texans play a 2.30 Central Time kick, 1.30 Mountain Time. Uh, speaking of the Cougars, we have head coach Tony Levine and cornerback Zach McMillan joining the program later this week on Wednesday. And coming up next on BYU Sports Nation, Blaine Fowler on why Houston is the trap game of the season. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jaron Jordan here. What's up? That was an enthusiastic welcome back by me, wasn't it? You're bringing the energy. You always do. You always do. <laughs> you can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. You know what's this Friday? October 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Boom shaka laka. Yes. Boom NBA- shaka laka. Yes. NBA Jam music. Love it. The BYU Basketball Showcase is live from the Smith Fieldhouse. Dave... Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler, who we'll talk to in a moment, host the showcase, which feature a three-point contest, skills competition, and dunk contest. Don't miss it. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Yes. It's Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. I can't wait for this. This is, this is going to be awesome. I'll be watching from Houston. Yes, you will. Very closely. Let's update the poll results. Yes. What would you give the BYU football team as a midseason grade right now? B, leading the way with just over 68%. We have uh, 2.86% on E. <laughs> Very nice, everybody. Very nice. Uh, yeah, that, that was a mistake, but fantastic, because now people are voting for E. But I could mean excellent, right? Excellent. Sure. Let's welcome in Blaine Fowler, BYU TV football analyst, quite possibly the only man to ever back up two Davey O'Brien award winners. Blaine Fowler, what is up? Nothing. So, Mike, was that a lemma that when you're doing that 
that uh, preview of the no, Chakalaka? No, that was the who, actual was guy from NBA Jam. Oh, it's the Boom Chakalaka guy. Okay, listen to Boom Chakalaka! <laughs> it's the actual wow. guy. I don't know his name. Who knows? the actual guy. See, because Alema tries to do that exactly like that, too. I'll do the Alema. Boom Chakalaka! That's Boom a, shakalaka! Yeah, that's Alema's attempt at it. We that's love gonna, Alema. That's gonna be that's gonna be pretty fun on Friday. That's gonna be awesome. So, so what do you think of this? You and you and Dave are hosting this in front of thousands of crazy BYU fans. What do you What are you most excited to see on Friday night? Well, I'm I'm excited to see the slam dunk contest. I, I mean, I think I think it's gonna be fun. I think there's some people, there's some athletes on this team that people don't know about. You know. I, I don't know who's your money on, Jeremy. I, I know I will know what Dave Rose told us yesterday. Who he, his money's on? I want to know who yours is on. So Dave Rose on True Blue last night said Kyle Collinsworth is his pick. My pick's Eric Mika. Yeah. He won a a dunk contest at an AAU competition in Florida. Yeah. So uh, he's six ten. He's a beast. He's done. I saw a video of Nick Emery, who's on a mission in Germany, also a BYU signee, Jackson Emery's younger brother. Throw it. So he's behind the backboard. He throws it off the back of the backboard. Eric Mika grabbed the ball and then dunked it on the front. That was unbelievable. Listen, yeah, he, he's, he's 6'10", he, and he's got like a 38-inch vertical. Yeah, he's my pick, too. And you know what? He's also my pick um, You know, the, for the guy that's going to win the, the newcomer of the year in the West Coast Conference this year. I, yeah, I, I think he is going to have a huge impact. Uh, on what happens with BYU, he's, he's the guy that can contribute right away. It's going to be fun. So no, it, it'll it'll be fun to see some of the new faces. I'm excited about it. It's, it's a great format. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, we got dunk contest, three point uh, three point contest, and a skills challenge in front of crazy BYU basketball fans. Boom shakalaka coming up. Boom shakalaka Friday, October 18th, nine <laughs> Eastern, seven PM Mountain on BYU TV. Talking with BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler right now. And Blaine, before the season began, you you termed the Houston game as the classic trap scenario for BYU. Do you still feel that way as BYU enters Reliance Stadium in Houston? No, Houston's not as good as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> I love the honesty. Yeah, yeah no, they're. I mean. To me, they're one of the worst 5-0 and teams in the country because I look at the schedule they've played, and, and they've they put up some points. You know, they're, they're 19th in the country in scoring offense, averaging 39.8, but 62 against Southern, who's not good this year. 59 against University of Texas San Antonio, who's not good this year. And I know comparative scores are, you know, don't always hold true, but you look at, you know, they Memphis, they beat Memphis, 25 to 15. Memphis is a one in four team that lost recently to Middle Tennessee State, 17 to 15. And that's so, five so field goals. If Memphis puts right. two of those in the end zone, they win. Right, and so so it's it's not the the Houston offense that we're used to seeing. I mean, we're used to seeing Houston offenses that throw the football 60 times all over the place and spread it out and have multiple weapons. They've always been really balanced with who they throw it to, so they've always had three or four or five guys, so you couldn't focus in on one guy. And, and this year, they're actually running it more than I've seen them run in a long time. They have they're, they're three more it. rushes it's, than passes total on the year. That's it. Yeah, so, so and they're, I mean, they still throw it effectively. They, they throw it for 288 yards a game, but they run for 189 yards a game. That, that's unusual for Houston. And then they're not spreading the ball around in the throw game like they have in the past. They have a wide receiver, Deontay Greenberry, and, and he's got 39 receptions for 606 yards. He's averaging 121.2 yards per game. As a team, they're averaging two, you know, 288 yards a game. So he's 42% of the team's passing yardage and his receptions alone. When BYU plays a team that has a, a single focus like that in the past game, They've been very successful at shutting that single guy down. And I, I would expect them to, to shut Deontay Greenberry down. And there's no way that Houston's going to run the football against this BYU defense the way they ran it against Texas San Antonio or Rice or Temple or Southern. It's just not going to happen. So is it safe to say, Blaine, that Houston, uh, as one of 14 unbeaten BCS teams currently right now, uh, currently right now, what am I, what am I saying? Uh, are they the least capable of those undefeated teams then? Yeah, I, I would say of the, of the undefeated, that's why you're not seeing them showing up in rankings. And, you know, some of these, t- this, these Houston teams in the past, 
uh, at the old Conference USA Houston teams with a 5-0 and record would have been ranked, you know, at this point. And, and so people recognize that they haven't played a tough schedule. Now, they play BYU and they play Louisville, and they, you know, they play some teams here in the second half of the season. So we'll see, if, you know, if they're as good as the record. The, the one trap thing that, that stands out to me, and we talked about this last night on True Blue, is that this team has had a real knack for forcing turnovers. They're number one in the country in turnover margin, plus 2.8 per game. And, and that's how they you know, get big scores and, and do these kinds of things. So they forced 18 turnovers. They forced 10 fumbles and eight interceptions. And then on the offensive side, they've done a remarkable job of taking care of the ball. They, they've lost only three fumbles, and they only have one interception. And so 18 forced turnovers, just four um, turnovers on their part offensively. And so when a team gets in the knack of forcing turnovers and they're taking care of the ball like that, that's the risk factor for BYU going down there. If BYU goes down there and Houston's at their average of plus 2.8, so say BYU turns it over three times and Houston, Houston has a clean game, now all of a sudden there's a chance that Houston could beat BYU. So I think if I were to pick a number one key for the Cougars in this ballgame, it would be to take care of the football. And, you know, we've come to the expectation that BYU's defense has to score since they've scored in three state games. I, I can't remember uh, a BYU team or, or anything that, that I can recall in recent memory that has had points in three straight games um, from the defensive side of the ball. That's just crazy. And so, um, you know, create turnovers on defense and take care of the football on offense, and I think the rest will take care of itself. I just don't think Houston has the horses this year to stay with BYU. We're talking with Blaine Fowler here on BYU Sports Nation. You can watch Blaine on Countdown to Kickoff this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. Uh, Spencer will be live in Houston for this one. Uh, Blaine, when you look at this, the first six games, we've been talking about midseason grades so far. Uh, what's your midseason grade overall for BYU through the first half of the season? That, that's a hard one. Here's why. Because if it's, if it's really like a grade, like it's a class, then all of your early grades start. You know, yes. They all count. Yes. So, so if you got a, a C on your first exam and a C on your second exam, because because they got a they got a C minus in the Virginia game and they got a C minus in the Utah game, and that, now I look and and I say, so how are they playing now? Well, I think they got an A in in the game last Saturday, and and they've been playing really really well lately. So. How are they trending? They're trending to an A, but if we're going to give them a midseason grade, we got to include those Cs. I don't know what what are we going to do. Are we going to grade on a curve? Are we going to throw out their lowest test score? I don't know what we're going to do. No, none of that we, complication. Just straight up through six. <laughs> so they have to have a B right now because of what happened early in the season. Now, the way they've been playing, they've got a great chance by the end of the season to get that grade up to an A. Because I think by the end of the season, if they can get to nine or ten wins, then we're going to. We're going we're gonna to grade on a curve, and we're going to drop their lowest score. So we're going we're gonna to forget about the Virginia game and the Utah game if they can get to 10 wins, and we're going to give them a straight-up A by the end of the year. But right now you have to give them a B because they didn't get out of the gate the way they should have at the beginning of the year. Blaine Fowler, former BYU quarterback and current BYU TV analyst on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Blaine, I know you give BYU a B. Jerem gave him a B straight up. I gave him a B minus. Can you quantify it uh, any, with any more detail? Now, I, you know what? I, I don't have my calculator here to figure out the averages, <laughs> and so so it's hard. So I think I think I think B is a good grade right now. I think they're they're performing like an A student as of right now. I think they're performing like an A student right now. Um, but but those early you know those early grades you can't forget about them. You can't throw them out yet. They haven't had enough test scores. You've got you've got to have twelve test scores to throw out the lowest score. So and the AC, the ACT is the Utah game, right? Or the yeah, SAT, they, depending on where yeah, you live. That was, that, that was the SAT, but if they've got some big tests coming up, so let you know what the Utah was the PSAT. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. And the, and the SAT is going to be the Notre Dame game, and then the ACT is the Wisconsin game. Uh, a, and and so so if they you know they can really change the way we look at them if they can ace the SAT and the ACT. That changes everything because we won't even worry about the PSAT if they hit the ACT and the, and the SAT with flying colors. At new 08001, he said, can't ever give it an A with the loss to Utah. Don't know how any BYU fan could. Still happy. Yeah. Well, so I, here's the thing, though. I, 
People got to get over Utah. <laughs> and if it is BYU over. Up, the relationship is over. Up, if BYU ends up 10-2, and two, and, yeah, they lost the Utah game because they had a slow start, they ended up 10-2 and two and go to a bowl game and end up 11-2 and two and end up ranked. And, and Texas now starts to live up to their – to their potential. We just saw them just obliterate Oklahoma last week, so they're living up to their potential, and they have a good season and go to a bowl. Wisconsin stays as good as they are, and, and, they, and they beat Wisconsin, and, and Notre Dame is a solid football team. Boise State's going to finish the season solid. I think you can get an A with a loss to Utah. That's the beauty of this year's schedule. The beauty of this year's schedule is there's not just one or two quality games on the schedule. There's enough quality games that uh, that you can still get back to an A even with a loss against Utah. Blaine Fowler, we appreciate the brutal honesty uh, about the no longer trap game in Houston, and you got a shout-out on Twitter from at FRuiz801. He gives you a boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka! <laughs> for your brutal honesty about Houston, hashtag not worried. Okay, if, if Houston isn't the trap game, Blaine, does BYU have a trap game left on the schedule? Is there one that you're kind of like, oh, that's that's sneaky? For me, it would be Nevada at the end of the season. What do you think? It, it could be. Now, Nevada um, has not been playing. They're kind of like BYU. They didn't play early in the season like we thought they would. They had enough returning guys that we thought they would be good. Now, they have had to adjust to a new coach, you know, to a new head coach. They don't have Chris Hall there. And Chris Hall's like this mad scientist that's a tremendous game manager. They're, they're starting to play. You, know, you would think, I thought they were starting to play better, and then they go and lose to a San Diego State team last week that has been just struggling. So right now, to me, they're not playing well enough for us to worry about them at the end of the season. But what makes me worried is, if they can put it together, they're kind of like Texas, not the talent level at Texas, but they're not playing up to their talent level. If all of a sudden they start to get on a roll and play to the level of the talent they have at the end of the year, that, that could turn into a trap game. Um, but, but right now, they're not playing up to the talent level. Who's the better team right now, Houston or Nevada? Um, Nevada has more talent. Um, Houston has been able to get more wins, but they haven't played the schedule Nevada has. They're, they're, they're probably similar. I would call them similar, which is crazy because Houston's 5-0, and so how can they be similar? But they are. In terms of the, the challenge that they would present to BYU, they're similar. And there, to me, there is no trap game because nothing's trapped between two meaningful games. And so if BYU beats Houston, then they can manage each week a little easier um, and they say they take it one game at a time and whatnot. But uh, looking looking back, Blaine, we, we talked a lot the first few weeks about Taysom Hill and the passing game. The last two game, the last three games, excuse me, uh, 65%, almost 700 yards, uh, four touchdowns, two picks, compared to 35%, one touchdown, three interceptions, 564 yards. So we've seen improvement there. Where's been the biggest improvement in the passing game in your mind? I think it's been a combination of things. You know, you'll notice that, and I haven't put a stopwatch to it. Maybe we should do that this Saturday. But the emphasis for BYU was to go fast, 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 fast. They were going so fast that that I think Taysom Hill was uncomfortable with the pace. So the the result was his mechanics were breaking down. His footwork wasn't you know wasn't perfect. You know, he he would overstride sometimes. He would make some bad reads. And, and so I think the pace impacted him. I've, I've seen over the last three games less of an emphasis on, hey, we've got to run a play every 14 seconds, and more of an emphasis on we've got to run a play as fast as we can with execution. And so overall the execution has improved. His pass protection has gotten better, his pre-snap reads have gotten better, and he's, he's really starting to set his feet. Combine that with, you know, with – getting Cody Hoffman back and getting kind of their mojo back together. And, and what do you have? You have just dramatic improvement. So I don't think you can put your finger on one aspect of it. I think mechanics are better. I think Robert and I settling into play calling that fits the talent. It took them a few games to kind of figure out, hey, what's going to be the best route to go with this group? Um, I think the line play is better. And, and I think they've, you know, believe it or not, slowed down a little bit. And, and I think – just that extra second or two, I call it the take a breath factor, where Taysom Hill can now go, oh, okay, what am I doing on this play? I think, I think it's made a difference. And now that they're executing, 
now you can start to try to speed it up throughout the rest of the season. Um, and so, so maybe they were trying to play too fast for what they were ready for early in the year. I'm glad you brought up uh, Coach and I in, in that the breakneck speed in the Virginia game, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not what he was gunning for, and BYU has now figured out that rhythm, so they're certainly getting better. So I think a lot of credit goes to him and his ability to adjust. Like he said, it's going to take us four to six games to really figure out what we want to do, and you're starting to see that. Blaine, we save our, uh, my most important question for last, and that is, uh, you being a well-traveled man, where should I eat in Houston? This is very important. Gosh, you know, I don't, here's the thing. Anytime you go, and I'm trying to remember the name of the place. Um, okay, I'm going to get it to you off the air, and you can talk, because I need, I need to check with my buddy. I need to check my buddy, Gifford Nielsen, who lived there for years. That's but Elder S. Gifford Nielsen to you, Blaine. Yeah, I know. I forgot that. <laughs> I, hey, hey I, never, I never even knew that he had a first initial. That was really weird when I saw that. Because <laughs> um, to me, he's just Gift. But I'll have to get a hold of Gift and, and, uh, and find out the place. Barbecue in Texas is what it's all about. Okay, you, you have I to have bar- barbecue in Texas, and there's a barbecue place that's by, um, you know, by the stadium where uh, where the um, the ba- by the baseball stadium that, that I've been to multiple occasions. It's just really really good. I'll find out for you, man, and I'm gonna get it to you, and then you can tell the listeners. But because um, I can't remember the name of it, but but really, Texas is just all about barbecue. You. I mean, you can't go to Texas without having some good Texas barbecue. Done. Done and done. We appreciate the analysis and also the tips. Looking very much forward to uh, the name of that restaurant. In fact, I'm, I'm scribbling BBQ on my paper right now. So Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and uh, I have to call Gift Gift. I got somebody downtown thought that I was Gifford Nielsen, but I didn't realize that they thought I was Gifford until I was leaving, and I just didn't have the heart to tell them I wasn't. <laughs> so what did you say to him? I was... Well, so I, I was in I was in City Creek. And I had been in a meeting, so I had a suit on, a dark suit, and I didn't, you know, so I didn't even think of what was going on. I was walking, and a, a lady ran up to me, and she says, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's you!" And and you know, I was I was like, "Oh, hi, it's nice to meet you." And she says, "Hey, hey, mom, come over here. You don't, you have no idea." how much we love BYU football. I mean, we watch it all the time. And BYU quarterbacks, like, <laughs> we have a BYU room at our house. Oh, you're feeling we good have, at that point. I'm like, wow. You're like, the Michigan, really... I was the man in 84, Michigan, baby. Yeah, Bosco's hurt, I thinking, stepped in, I was the man. I'm thinking, gosh, I didn't realize that people would actually recognize me out in public, but this is kind of cool. You know, I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling kind of good about myself. We watch my, True Blue my, every Monday. My, my self-image is feeling a little bit better. My, you know, my images, my, my negative body images because of all the slams that you and Dave and those guys give me. <laughs> I, really, I was feeling really good about myself. And, and, and then she, I, she said, I wish we had some paper or something to get your autograph because we put it in our BYU room. We have a BYU room. But, but it's just really a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for stopping and visiting with us for a minute. I said, no, I, I really appreciate you guys stopping me. Thanks a lot. And they said, we probably have to get going. I said, yeah, i got to get going. Then I started to walk off, and she said, oh, and just so you know, we're really praying for you. And I went, okay, that was kind of a strange comment. That's nice, but weird. And I was like, okay, that's nice, but people don't say that to people they just met. <laughs> and, and, and then she goes, we're so excited about your new, new assignment. So th- thanks a lot, Elder Nielsen. Oh! oh ultimate letdown. But you, you did a good so thing was, by not was, telling them. Well, I was walking off, and I just thought, you know what? If she thinks she just had a close encounter with the general authority, and she's feeling good about it, and that lifted her day. <laughs> We're just going to let her think that for right now. I just don't have the heart to disappoint her with the fact that I'm measly Blaine Fowler and not <laughs> I'll say this in closing, Blaine. I think you got the comparison because you and Elder S. Gifford Nilsson both have fantastic hair. hair. You, yes. ju- you just have yeah. the hair, man. Gift has some sweet hair. But here's, here's the thing. She must never have met Gift because Gift's only about six inches taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tall dude. Blaine, thanks so much for the time. You bet, guys. Good to talk to you. Have a great one. All right. We'll talk to you soon. You can watch Blaine Fowler on Countdown to Kickoff this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern here in Provo. By the way, if you want to reserve a seat to be in the pregame audience and watch the game on a 27-foot screen, free pizza at halftime, I'm I'm looking at you, Spencer, but you can't do it. You'll be in Houston. Reserve a seat on BYUtv.org slash audience. BYUtv.org slash audience. Or just show up. You have to be 8 and older. That's it. Show up. Have a good time. Free pizza. Oh, yeah. Football 27-foot screen HD. Awesome. Yes.
Absolutely. Up next, we have a role play remix. What are Kyle Van Noy, Taysom Hill, and Cody Hoffman thinking? Plus, Condoleezza Rice stops by the show indirectly. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Heck yes. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton. Join us Saturday for BYU's first ever football game against the Houston Cougars. BYU Radio's Radio's pregame coverage starts at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff featuring Spencer Linton live in Houston starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. The game's on BYU Radio and ESPN News at 3.30 p.m. Followed by postgame coverage on both BYU Radio and BYU TV. I may or may not have barbecue sauce somewhere on my tie. Barbecue sauce. Slash shirt chilies. Oh, and I will not be eating a chilies in Houston. <laughs> there, could, could there be Please a no. worse thing to do than eat at chilies in, in Houston, Texas? Uh, I went to McDonald's and Applebee's <laughs> and Outback Steakhouse. Oh, that is that would be an epic fail. Very quickly, updating your poll results on BYUTVSports.com. Uh, the question we asked today is, what midseason grade would you give BYU football overall? We have A, B, C, D, E, <laughs> and F. And right now the results look something like this. B, still leading the way, 64.29%. Uh, e and F both have 2.38%. Very nice. Okay, it's time for role play. Get ready. Get set. Role play. Okay, here we go. Spencer, you're Kyle Van Noy. Game on. You're the leader of this defensive team, a unit that's scored in three straight games, two of which you're responsible for. How many more games can BYU Sports Nation expect this defense to score in? Uh, excuse me, Jeremy. I'm getting a phone call. Uh, just one second. Yeah, girl. Yeah, th- that's right. Oh, I got to go make plays again. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Was that Miss Utah? That was Miss Utah. Who will uh, be a participant in Boom Shakalaka in some manner. Stay tuned. Miss Utah. <laughs> Kyle. She's going to be a judge on the dunk contest. And rightly so. I have swag because I date Miss Utah USA. Boom Shakalaka! That's, so, that's worth a couple Again, the question. How many more games can BYU Sports Nation expect this defense to score in? We want to score in every game. The expectation is that we have a good enough defense to create turnovers and put up points in every game. I'm not a stat guy, but I have heard Greg Rebell and Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton talk about... Way to throw your own name in there. The, I know. The fact <laughs> that we're 15-0 and when the defense scores under Bronco Mendenhall. So guess what? If we score, it's game over. I don't know how many games we'll score, but we expect to score in every game because our defense is that good. And quite frankly, Jerem, I am... I am so angry with you for giving us a B-plus grade. Prove me wrong. I, have we not proven it on the field? Do it in the next six games, too. When we finish 10-2 and two in the regular season, I'm coming to find you. Boom. You're my biggest fan. <laughs> okay, Kyle Van Noy has spoken. Now, Jerem, put on your Cody Hoffman mask. Done. I'm holding a football. He really is holding a football. It seemed that you and Taysom were back on the same page against Georgia Tech. You had five receptions. One of them, the number three player in SportsCenter's top ten. What changed? Look, Taysom and I went to Nickelcade last week. We played X-Men for about an hour. <laughs> I was Nightcrawler. He was Wolverine. We took care of business. We, f- we figured it out. The chemistry is there. We took what we accomplished at Nickelcade Onto the field, and you saw it in the first half. I would have liked to have set the BYU reception record in the second half. I was really, I just needed one catch. That didn't happen. That's fine. But at Houston, I mean, we're going to make it happen. You're going to see us connect the rest of the year. And thank Nickelcade, baby. Oh, look Look who's coming in. It's Taysom Hill, Jerem. Oh, Taysom Hill. What are you, what's up? Uh, Spencer, give me the, you're give me Taysom that Hill. We're at the midpoint of the season. Your stats continue to improve. 65% passing the last three games. What's the biggest difference in your improved play? Uh, first of all, I want to address the nickel cage situation. Yeah, go ahead. I dominated that X-Men game, just like I dominate on the football field. Nobody can catch me. I am starting to show you that I can throw the ball 
I knew it all along, but I needed my offensive coordinator to get with me and fix the rhythm a little bit. We needed to slow down a little bit, and now I'm showing you what I am capable of. And you are only seeing the beginning of what I can do. I want to apologize to you, Jerem Jordan to Taysom Hill. At the beginning of the year, I called you a running back playing quarterback because you were throwing for 35%. You are a quarterback, my friend. Well, I should thank you, actually, because it's people like you and, and critics out there like that, <laughs> that that make me want to play harder and prove everyone wrong. You so, know I love you. So I'm actually thankful for you, in a way, Jerem. Thank you, Taysom. And let me say this. If you like what you've seen after six games, you ain't seen nothing yet. Holler! Jerem Jordan, you are Tyler Hawes. Heck yes. Member of the Team USA World University Games uh, team. You were on BYU Sports Nation last week. Uh, you, you said, for, let me ask you this first of all. How much play do you get from all of the girls on campus? Because not only are you handsome and a basketball player, but you're a nice guy. I go on a lot of first dates. That's an exact quote. <laughs> I, 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 heard, I heard I have a challenger as a shooter. Women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins says he is the best shooter in BYU, and that's a direct quote. Are you the best shooter on the women's basketball team? The players, the coaches, are you the best shooter? I'm the best shooter in BYU. <laughs> Men's team, everybody? Men's team, every team. He's yes. still got it. He's still, still got, got it. it. Oh, okay. Guess what? There's a contest this Friday that I'm in. Tyler Haas. I'm Tyler Haas. Friday, it's called Boom Shakalaka, baby. Boom Shakalaka! Be there, because I'm going to be on fire! I'm going to win that thing. I'm Tyler Hawes. I was seventh in the country in scoring. He's heating up. I can bring it. Watch me Friday. Watch me. Tyler, Chase Fisher is a transfer from Wake Forest. Good for him. I'm going to win. He has said that, hands down, he is the best shooter. What do you have to say to Chase? Uh, bring it. Uh, welcome to BYU. Uh, I'm Tyler Haas. This is my team. <laughs> Spencer. And finally. Spencer, you're Condoleezza Rice. Yes. Is it okay that I call you Condi? Is that okay? We're, we're, we have a professional relationship, but we're comfortable enough that you can do that. As a member of the new college football playoff selection committee, we anticipate you to be on later today, announced, that will decide which teams belong in a playoff in the bigger bowl games. What does a team like BYU need to do to be one of those four teams next year? Go undefeated. Plain and simple. You win all of your games, you're in the discussion. And even then, if your schedule's not tough enough, you might still get left out. However, your coach Bronco Mendenhall said, we have to go undefeated twice to be considered for national championship contention. I think a good start is going undefeated next year on a good schedule, but one that is not as strong as this year. So go undefeated and you'll be in the discussion. Thank you, Condoleezza Rice. You're welcome. And that wraps up role play. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around plus today's Rise and Shout and your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. Boom shot. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Boom shakalaka! The BYU Basketball Showcase is Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern in the Smithfield House, live on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler will be there to guide you through the three-point contest, skills competition, and dunk contest. Don't miss it! Women's volleyball. The 20th-ranked Cougars in first place in the West Coast Conference, 7-0 this season. They've won 10 matches in a row. Is that good? Yes. They've won 13-14. Bullio travels to Portland Thursday and Gonzaga Saturday. Soccer. The Cougars have two conference games this week, both on BYU TV. Thursday against Pepperdine. Saturday versus Loyola Marymount. Both are live at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU Television. Golf. BYU in Sonoma, California for the McKenzie Invitational. The Cougars, fourth place after two rounds yesterday. I have that as pretty good. Joe Parkinson, guest on the show last week, tied for sixth place at six under through two rounds. Again, tomorrow it's a Houston Cougar Wednesday. It's always a BYU Cougar every day. Head coach Tony Levine and cornerback Zach McMullen will join the program. Let's give our rise to chat to Blaine Fowler. He was just super honest about Houston and said, uh, you know, they're the 
They're the weakest of the undefeated teams. BYU should beat them. It's not as big a trap game, he thought. You know what? I think BYU needs to respect them still, but let's not act like Houston is, uh, I don't know, Louisville or something. They're not. They just aren't. Yeah. Houston. Houston's good, but they're not 5-0 and great. That's what the point we're trying to make there. They're 5-0 and because they've played Temple, University of Texas, San Antonio, Memphis. Southern. Southern. <laughs> it's... BYU is going to be easily their biggest challenge to date. We'll leave it that. Let's get to final poll results very quickly on BYUTVSports.com. What would you give BYU football as a midseason grade? Right now, B, with just over 65% of the vote, is leading the way. C, 25%. What are you looking forward to most uh, in Houston at Reliance Stadium on Saturday? I think the NFL atmosphere, I'm excited to see that behemoth screen they have that apparently is bigger than the one in Jerry's World in Dallas. Is that true? Yeah. Apparently I, I, it is a bigger screen, so I'm and excited. And I've been to, to Cowboy Stadium. That thing is big. That's right. You you did sidelining uh, for the BYU TCU game. Yes. I sidelined the uh, radio broadcast 2011, which was awesome. Yeah, I'm excited really to see fun. the TV, feel the, you know, get inside that beautiful stadium. But most importantly, I'm excited to see BYU bring it. Because I think they will. I think they are an extremely confident football team right now. Now, we'll, t- we'll talk about Houston more. Um, and w- they don't listen to the show, but if they did, maybe they are, who knows, that we're providing some bulletin board material. We're, we're saying they're not all that good. But I think it's a big game for BYU because Boise State's on the other end of this. And BYU is mad about last year. They lost 7-6. to six. The defense didn't give up a touchdown. BYU wants to beat Boise State really bad. And that is one of the biggest opportunities, maybe the second biggest opportunity aside from Wisconsin, to send a message to the nation. Maybe the biggest because it's on a Friday night and you own the day. There's Houston this week, huge, and then Boise State. This game is big time. Big thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler, everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Chaline, Production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King and our engineer Aaron Evans. This show is on demand for your listening pleasure every afternoon on youtube.com slash BYU radio. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. Boom shakalaka!